Mothers, we honor you. Yeah. If you are here today, well, first of all, before I give a Mother's Day message, it's, it's such a challenge because we're here, we're here to honor moms, both emotional, physical, and spiritual. But then there's all the people that come with the mom. And so, you know, I got to speak to everybody. And so I just want to kind of even a playing field. If you are in here today and your mother at some point went through a painful labor to have you, raise your hand. Do you have any idea what a pain you were? Do you have any clue? We honor you, moms, and we all have a mom. In fact, um, who in here, this is your first Mother's Day with a new baby? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? That, yeah, yeah. Would anybody in here like to announce a pregnancy today? <laughs> well, there you go. Happy Mother's Day. That's awesome. Way to go, Melo. Very cool. Oh, man. Um, some of you in here are moms, and I'm talking to you today. Some of you in here are not moms. I'm going to talk to you today. In a room this size, there's, there's those of us in here who want to be moms, and it's not happened yet. Some of us have chosen not to. Some of us have been told that it's not going to happen the way we wanted. Some of you are spiritual moms, but we all raised our hands, and we know we all have a mom. We're going to speak to moms today. And I was thinking, how do I make a sermon so relevant that it connects with everybody on Mother's Day? So I went to the place in the Bible that I knew would have something good for us. The Ten Commandments, right? Because nothing screams modern-day America like rules written 3,000 years ago, right? In fact, God, I mean, in all his timeless wisdom, didn't he know that times would change and the Ten Commandments would be irrelevant someday? I mean, let's just look at these and see how irrelevant they are. Don't murder. Well, I mean, sure, that's a, that's a give me, right? Don't steal, okay? Don't have an affair, don't speak lies. Okay, these are still pretty relevant. But then you get in here that says, honor your father and mother in the Ten Commandments. Now, that's a bit outdated. Do we even know what honor means? Like, we don't obey your mom and dad, respect your mom. But what does it mean to honor your mom and dad? What does it mean today to honor your mom on, mo- on Mother's Day? Honor is something we see and hear about in movies, you know? Armies and centurions and tribes, and, and there's the honor and the code of honor. And honor is not a word that we pass around much in our culture. And if I look for honor in the Bible, do you know the place that I found most of it? Was in the Trinity God the Father, Jesus the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You know, God the Father honors the Son, and the Son honors the Father, and they honor the Spirit. The Spirit honors the Son and the Father. When they speak to one another, they speak with honor. When they speak about one another, they speak with honor. Honor is the language of the Trinity. At all turns, they are constantly giving honor to one another. And honor finds its headwaters in the Trinity of God. Which means something for us because we were created in God's image. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 tells us, God says, let's create man and woman in our image and he created us in our image. And what that means is, is that what is truest about me and truest about you finds its roots in heaven. Like that part of us that wants to love and be loved, we, we get that from our Father. The part of us that sees innocence um, wronged, we have justice. That comes from our heavenly Father who's a just God and who will right all wrongs. There are those things within us that are echoes of us being created in God's image. And honor is one of those things. Honor is the culture of heaven. And honor is within us because honor is present in heaven. What does it look like to speak honor? You know, as a pastor, I am there oftentimes for people's worst day and their best day. I'll let you decide which one of those is the wedding. (laughs) 
but I'm there, you know, I try to be there when a baby's born and I'll be there for a wedding or when something happens. And then there's the funeral. And one of the hardest parts about a funeral, and, and it's something that I see all the time, it'll be in a living room or a kitchen when I'm talking to the family. Someone will say, I just never got a chance to tell them. I never got a chance to tell them all that I felt. I never got a chance to tell my dad all that he meant to me. I never got a chance to tell my mom all that she meant to me. Unfortunately, we get to the funeral and then we have a, a eulogy. And the eulogy is beautiful. But oftentimes, a eulogy is words of honor that that person never got to hear. We reserve honor for when someone has died. Some, for some reason, we find it easier to say those words to a casket than to a face. Honor is, takes courage. It takes vulnerability to speak out. And my hope today is that after today, we will go forth and speak honor while their hearts can still receive it, while their souls can still hear it, that we will take a risk and speak honor to those around us because it takes courage. You see, we can, when we go to tell somebody how much we love them, when we go to tell them how much what we appreciate about them and all that we love, we often stop short of honor. We'll tell them a lot of things, but we'll stop before we get to honor. And oftentimes when we're telling somebody something good about themselves, we'll do a couple different things. The first one is we'll give a compliment. You look great. That dress is stunning. I like your truck. You know? Or one step beyond that, we have encouragement. We have encouragement. You did great. You killed it. You are a great mom. We have compliments and we have encouragement. And these are good and there's nothing wrong with that, but honor is something much higher, much more rare than any of those. And you see, compliments, they speak to the exterior. You look great. Encouragement speaks to the behavior. You did great. But honor speaks to the identity and tells them what is great and glorious about that person inside. You see, compliments are fun, but they're shallow and they're good in the right place. Encouragement is also fun and it's deeper than commitments. It's good to speak about someone's behavior, what you see in them, what they've, they've turned around, what they've done, what you appreciate about them. But honor is a whole different league because it doesn't take a lot of courage to give a compliment or, or an encouragement. But if you want to honor somebody, you have to take a risk. You have to be vulnerable. You have to speak very uh, vulnerable words to them. Honor finds what is greatest about that person and it draws it out. Speaking honor is when you find the greatness that God has created in that person and you speak of it. Honor takes effort. You have to look deep and dig it up. Let me show you what honor would look like. A compliment would be like this. Um, Jenny, you look great. You're a great mom. And encouragement would say, Jenny, I've seen you as a mom, and I, you know, you love your kids. And in fact, Jenny used to work on staff here with us. I hired you as our children's coordinator, director, and it was awesome to see your education and your passion as you worked with those kids. And our kids were well taken care of and loved and poured into. And that's encouragement and that's compliments. But let me just tell you something about Jenny. Let me honor you for a second, Jenny. You know, Jenny, I've watched you, and as much as you poured into and loved our kids, I've seen the heart of God in you, because God knew he could bring two little foster girls to your home, and you would love them as your own, and you echo the heart of the Father when you adopted them, because the Father adopts us. 
We are adopted into his kingdom. And you look like God when you adopted those girls and said, you are mine. And Jenny, your heart is beautiful and you are a reflection of the Father and the way that you've lived your life, the way that you've loved your life, the way you fought for your husband, the way you fought for your boys and now fought for your girls. Your love is fierce and it is, it is um, long-bearing. We honor you, Jenny, for all that you are. You see, Jenny and I are uncomfortable. <laughs> you guys are, it's, uh, honor is hard it's because, because it's so intimate, because you're speaking words that are so deep. It means so much. Brad Jansen, you're coming here and, and you, you pour so much time into this church. You, you, you are in the sound booth, other than today, almost all the time. Brad, you are a natural connector. You love being around people and you love people. But what I love about you, Brad, and what I honor about you is that your heart doesn't just connect because of your personality. You have the heart of the Father and that not only do you connect with people, you truly love them. And you want to see them happy and blessed. And you go out of your way to speak honor, to give honor, to, 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 to make people feel welcomed. Brad, you reflect the Father's heart in the way that you love people. And I honor that about you. You see, honor goes deeper than just a compliment. Yeah, yeah, you're uncomfortable now. You know, compliments, compliments and encouragement are good, but you want to say what God would say to somebody. You want to speak honor, speak words that go beneath, speak words that go to the identity. Tell somebody how you see the Father reflected from their life. Honor builds people up in a way that those other words just can't. In fact, Ephesians 4, 29 says this, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is good and helpful for building others up. And honor is the mortar in the building blocks that builds up someone's heart. Honor builds up people. But the Bible goes further. It says in Proverbs 18 that our words have the power of life and death. And honor breathes life into dead bones of identity. And honor is a spring rain to a desert heart. Honor speaks to a person what the grind and what the wounds of this world want to wring out of them. And honor speaks it back into that heart and says, this is who you are. Honor is powerful. Honor builds, honor gives life. It speaks to the deepest part of somebody. When you speak honor, the language of heaven to somebody, you are speaking to their identity of that person. Not just the outside, not just the behavior, but who they are, who they were created to be. You're revealing the glory of God within them and how he created them. And oftentimes, they don't want to accept it and they don't believe it about themselves. You ever done that? You honor somebody and they're like, no, no, not me. You're speaking some depth to someone's identity. Honor tells people who they are in Jesus. And as an aside, parents, do everything you can to speak honor to your children. Amy and I work at this tirelessly. We don't just want to compliment our kids because if we just compliment them, we would teach them that they're only as good as they look. We don't want to just encourage our kids because then we teach them they're only as good as they perform. See, we want to honor our kids' identity so that no matter how they perform or how they look, they know who they are and they know whose they are. I'm not building my kids' self-confidence. I'm building their confidence in who God created them to be. Honor speaks those words of worth to their heart. Parents, at every turn, grow your kids by speaking honor to them that despite their performance, despite any encouragement or compliment or how they look, that they have worth and that they're glorious in the way God created them. 
For honor to exist, there needs to be three things as I studied honor. First and foremost, there must be a source of honor. There must be something or someone who says this is honorable and, it, and he calls us to it. Secondly, there must be a code of honor to follow. Something that defines what is honorable and what is not. And third, for there, be, for there to be honor, there must be a larger group to belong to that recognizes and follows the code of honor. A source of honor, a code of honor, and a community of honor. And in God, we find all these things fulfilled as he is our source of honor. All honor flows from God, the author of honor. Honor is God's native tongue and he speaks it over his children's lives. He is the source of our honor. And we have a code of honor, God's word. God sent it, Jesus lived it, and the spirit calls us to it. Jesus was the walking embodiment of the code of honor and God's word is the revelation of honor. When Jesus walked the earth, he was asked in this book, in all this code of honor, what's the one that is most important? Which one stands out? Which one code stands out above the rest? And Jesus said that all of this Bible, all of these words hang on one thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love people as yourself. That's what he said was his code of honor. And I know we've, we've used that as our, as our vision here at the Orchard, love God and love people. And people have said, that's too simple. If it's simple enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. That the code of honor is to love God and to love people. And how does this living, this code of love God and love people lead to a life of honor? Well, simply this. When you love God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength, you begin to see him for who he truly is. You see all the glory and honor due to him. The more you seek him, the more you find him. The more you find him, the more your love grows. And as you see him for who he is, something begins to happen within you because you begin to see yourself how God sees you. You begin to see yourself as God sees you as a child of God with honor. And that's why he says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who's in you that you've received from God? You're not your own. You're bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. See, when you see how much worth you have, when you see yourself how God sees you, you want to honor that. In a society that dishonors our bodies so much, in a society where bodies are for sale on every ad, God shows us our true worth. And when you know how much you're worth and you see the honor he's bestowed on you, you want to honor him with your body. As you see God and yourself as he intends, then you come to see others the way that he sees them. And this is beautiful. You begin to see people the way that God sees them. Even that person that you just can't stand, that is so bitter and angry and the way they are, God sees that man or that woman as a wounded and hurt person. He knows, why they're, he knows how they got there. And you begin to have eyes to see why people are who they are. And you can speak to a truer identity than the wounds they've collected. See, as you go through and you see God for who he is, you see yourself for who you are, and you see people, how God sees them, you naturally can honor them. And as you see them, how God sees them, you can see the honor in them and speak it. That's why in Romans 12, 9, it says, honor one another above yourself. And another translation puts it this way, outdo one another in honoring. Our simple vision is a launching point to live a life of honor, to love God and love people to see honor in other people and speak it courageously. We have a source of honor, we have a code of honor, and we have a, a larger group of honor 
the Trinity, God, first and foremost. We are born of the Trinity, and honoring others aligns you with the culture of the Trinity. And we also belong to a larger group of Jesus followers here on earth who are pursuing God, loving him more, seeing ourselves more honorably, and loving people as God sees them. When you step into loving God and loving people, you step into a life of honor. If honor flows from God and is to be the culture by which we live, we have to ask the question, what do you do with people who aren't honorable? And especially here on Mother's Day with a crowd this size, there are those of you who struggle with Mother's Day because your mother has wounded you deeply. She has not behaved honorably to you. What do we do with this? Should we honor those who have damaged us and hurt us? Well, first, we recognize that God loved us first when there was nothing lovable about us. The Bible says in John, 1 John 4, 19, we love because he first loved us. God loved us despite all the unhonorable and unlovable things within us. And God asks us to love others, not based on who they are, but based on who he is. God has granted us so much grace that we pass this grace on. God has granted me so much honor that I want to pass that honor on. And Titus 3, 4 sums it up this way. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us. Not because of the good things we have done, not because of our honor. He didn't save us based on our honor, but on his. He saved us based on who he is, not who are and we are. And as we follow Jesus, and we're called to be like Jesus, we honor people, not based on their behavior, but based on how God created them. We give honor because we have received such great honor. This flies in the face of a very common belief in our culture that I give respect when it's earned. That's when I give respect. And if you live that way, you go through life with hoops that people must jump through before you deem them respectable. But what if God did this? Can you imagine if God behaved this way? What if he said the only people that uh, go to heaven are those who earn it? Well, it would be him and Jesus. It would be empty. God doesn't do that. Listen, I don't withhold respect until it's earned. I wasn't raised that way, and I wasn't saved that way. See, because of the work of Jesus, I can have respect for each person who's a creation of God. And when it comes to honor, we can bestow honor on those who have not treated us well based on God and based on his work. No matter what someone has done to us, because the grace of God and the glory of Jesus, we can find honor in them and honor that. It doesn't mean you have to be around them. It doesn't mean you have to spend any time with them. It might still mean that you have to have all those boundaries up and you can't be around them too much. It, you don't even have to like them to honor and love them with Christ's love. Because of Jesus' love, you can think and act with honor toward those that have hurt you the most. You can honor them simply by not gossiping about them, slandering about them, or cursing them. You can honor them by releasing them from your anger. And in doing so, honor God and yourself. This is the very reason why the Bible doesn't say, like your mother and father. Or spend time with your mother and father. Vacation with your mother and father. Send a card to your mother and father. The reason it doesn't say any of those things is because God in his divinity and his wisdom 3,000 years ago knew that some of us right now today will be struggling with how we interact with mom and dad and other people, anybody who's acted that way toward us. You can still honor them in any situation, any thought and deed. 
When we choose honor, we are aligning ourselves with the culture of heaven. When we choose dishonor, when we choose to dishonor people through gossip and slander or disrespect, we align ourselves with the culture of this fallen world. Now, what does that mean, the culture of the fallen world? The Bible's clear that, we have an, that God has an enemy, and the Bible calls him the accuser. The, the accuser, well, did you know accusations produce the exact opposite of honor? Oftentimes, an accusation produces shame, which is the end goal of the accuser, that we would live in shame, that we would view ourselves in shame, that we would lash out at other people because of our shame. The accusation brings shame, which is the opposite of honor. When we choose to speak honor to other people, we are speaking the native tongue of heaven. When we choose to dishonor people, we speak the native tongue of the accuser, God's enemy. When we choose to honor people and speak honor, we partner with God to reveal the glory in somebody. But when we partner and we speak dishonor, we are partnering with the enemy to reveal their shame. Be careful what you speak. You have the power of life and death in your words. And when you speak honor, you are combating what the accuser is trying to convince somebody of. Honor is powerful. It builds up. It tears down lies and it tears down shame. So speak honor to people that they may see themselves how God sees them. We are called by the author of honor to be people who live and who speak and who bestow honor to others. And so here on Mother's Day, let me end with this. Why honor your mom? Well, first and foremost, it's easy. The Bible asks us to. It tells us to. Honor your mom. When you do that, you align yourself with the God of the universe. You align yourself with heaven. When you honor your mom, you speak the language of heaven. I want to challenge you today to not just give mom a compliment, to not just give mom an encouragement. I want to challenge you today to honor your mother by telling her about her identity, who she is. Let your mom know what in her you see in yourself. Honor your mom. It's going to be risky for some of us. And I, let me just say something. I would never ask you to do what I wouldn't do myself. Okay, mom? <laughs> mom, you were born um, a southern belle, and you moved to the, to the wild Rocky Mountains. <laughs> Thank you. You were born a Southern Belle and moved to the Rockies and, and that defines the different parts that I've seen about you because your grace and love is as sweet as Southern tea. Uh, your grit and resilience is as powerful as Rocky Mountain moonshine. You are, you are a loving and powerful woman. I see you at the gym on the treadmill. I see you walking around town or at the house. She doesn't listen to music. She doesn't watch TV. She's working on memorizing books of the Bible. Mother, you have a love for God's truth and God's word. You have a love for the history that God put in that word in his Bible. And mom, I get that from you. I love God's word. I remember I would watch my mom as she was, when I was a little kid, she would sing. And my mom has such a beautiful voice. And it was the most beautiful thing I, had ever, I could think of as a kid. 
And mom, because of you, I'm a passionate worshiper. I watched you, how you worship God with passion. I watched how you pursue God with passion. Your Bible out every morning with all your Bible studies, all those, back when we used to have tapes, those boxes of tapes of sermons. You just, you couldn't get enough of God and the way that you worship, you're passionate in prayer. Mom, I love to worship and it was birthed in me because of you. Mother, your, your love is so fierce and your love is so unconditional. Outside of dad, I don't know if there's anybody in this world who has tried your love more than me. <laughs> and, there was, and there was that day, mother, where you dropped me off at the mailbox and you kept going and you said, I don't know. She said, I don't know if I'm coming back. <laughs> but mom, you always did. You always did. You're so strong in your love. Your love has never failed me as your son. It's amazing. While dad was teaching me to, to skin trout and, and process elk and deer, mom, you taught me the words that Les Miserables and Phantom of the Opera. You brought culture to a cabin in Redstone. You rounded out our lives in such beauty, mom. Your, your passionate pursuit of God. You are a reflection of, my, of the heavenly father. And I honor you today because some of the best that is within me is from you. Thank you, Mom, for all you've done. Today's application is easy. You just come on stage and talk to your mom. <laughs> you ready? <laughs> Honor your mom. Tell her what is great about her. Tell her what God's put in her. Tell her what you see in yourself and how God's done this. Honor is a beautiful thing. Speak it as often you can to as many people as you can. Give it as freely as you can to whenever you can. When you honor another person, you are revealing the glory of Jesus within them and how God made them to be. And once again, you're combating the lies that this world put within you. People, this is not just rev like reserved for moms. Today's Mother's Day, so go and honor your mom. Write her, call her, email her. If your mom is not with us anymore, you can still write her a, a letter of honor. You can honor her with your words as you speak about her. For some of us, unfortunately, the way your relationship is with your mom, maybe today on Mother's Day, you're used to, um, to slandering her. Maybe today, out of honor for her, you don't. Honor your mom today, whatever it would look like, however that would be for you. But step up and risk. And outside of Mother's Day Orchard, let's be a people of honor who create a culture of honor in this place and in the world around us. That when you go out in, into a world that needs Jesus, you can speak honor to people about, a, about the truth within them that cuts them to the core. Oh my goodness. Be people who speak honor. Be people who live honor. Amen? Amen. Let me say this. Do not wait. Orchard, do not wait until you stand in front of a crowd at a funeral to tell the people what you honor and love most about them. Speak it now if you can. Speak all of it. Tell them everything. Tell them how much they mean. Jesus, we thank you today and we give you honor above all honor. Jesus, you gave your body and you gave your blood and we thank you for um, inviting us into that. During this time, Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us I pray you would speak words of honor over your kids in this place. Father, for many of us in here, the accuser is, is, is pursued us and convinced us that we are shameful and shame-filled. Holy Spirit of God, I pray right now, you begin to speak honor over these people.
that they would know their truest identity in Jesus and there is no condemnation and there is nothing that has been not forgiven. Speak to us and Father, give us the words of courage and honor to speak to those near us. Amen? Amen. We at the Orchard, we don't have a, a closed communion. There's no class you have to go through to take this. It's an open table. Jesus said, do it in remembrance of me. And so come and get the, the, the symbol of his body and blood. And as you sit down, honor him. And then pause and be quiet and, and let him honor you. And tell him what he believes about you. Amen.